TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Daniel has a one-on-one in the back of the end zone. Climbing the ladder. And hauling it in is Thomas for the touchdown. Over the top of Deontre Prince. Brian Thomas Jr. That is a future Bills receiver, Brian Thomas Jr. To you, Mr. Play-By-Play Man. Uh, 62 days. 62 days till we get the new wide receiver, too. Well, we'll see. It's Jody Biasi and Sal Capaccio. Jeremy White is off today. And joining us now on the West Her Hotline is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, but also a co-host with our buddy Joe Marino on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast as well. Morning, Kyle. Thanks for taking some time out for us. Good morning. How you guys doing? Pretty good. You locked in on a free agency more so than the draft these days? I know I've seen, at least by listening to your podcast, it's been a little of both, I think, lately. Yeah. we. Um, I, I did some, some draft work kind of November, December, and then once the regular season closed, it's I've watched probably like 150 free agents to be, which has been really fun and, and kind of a different approach to off season versus what we've usually done, but kind of gives you a really great gauge on the teams individually and, and the players and how they could fit within each other's roles based on coaching continuity or projecting for coaching changes. So all kinds of different layers to just kind of split this off season into just another chapter to help get us through it as quickly as we can. Yeah, I'm gonna get to some uh, some dolphin stuff with you too, of course, because they're gonna have an interesting off season. I know Christian Wilkins has been in the news lately, but on some of the the Bills' needs and the overall off season in general, I, I heard you playing free agent matchmaker with Joe on your guys' show. I think it was last week, um, and I don't even know if we need to spoil the name here. We, you can you can tell us if you want, but do you kind of see the Bills going after somebody? In the free agent wide receiver pool, even if it's one of the, I mean, I doubt it's going to be one of the tier one guys, maybe someone that's going to be cheaper. Yeah, I know Buffalo's salary cap situation is, there's kind of some parallels to Miami where there's some restructures and extensions that are going to have to happen to get you to an operating cap. And that kind of puts you in the budget for the first wave through uh, June 1st. But I think if you look at the wide receiver types that are available, you know, guys that potentially have down years, but Maybe they're not all the way at the tail end of their career. I, I know Joe's really high on uh, the potential of Darnell Mooney from Chicago for, for Buffalo. I think that would be an excellent fit if they wanted to go with another shifty type receiver. He gets a lot of separation. There were quite a few opportunities that he had with fields where either Mooney maybe just drifts up a little too far up on his route and, and they're not on the same timing. 
which is something for Fields with how frequently he likes to hold the ball. It's not really a strength of his game anyway. Um, but then if they want the big body type guy, and I know Gabe Davis is the outgoing free agent here, and got, I think you guys should be really excited about Khalil Shakir and what he's he kind of shown as a growth player. So if you don't want to go with that type of player and you want the, the Gabe Davis body type, I think DJ Chark is like a really good height, weight, speed, vertical outside receiver with some size who's going to be a pretty economically friendly player who has, frankly, played on bad offenses the last few years, so the production's been down. So you might get it for cheaper than you would otherwise. I, I think based on Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean's comments, though, Kyle, that they're probably looking more for the separator. There's, there's room for a bigger body guy. And, of course, if you lose Gabe Davis, there's no doubt about that. They use the words explosive plays when talking about adding you know, to the wide receiver group. So I think that's where you know, we're probably a little bit more focused here. How about a guy like Curtis Samuel? You know, would he fit in? He's a guy that comes from Carolina, a very familiar organization. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. you know, Joe Brady being there for a couple of years, you probably have a lot of ties that people they could talk to, people like that. I think that that's what they're looking for, maybe in free agent yeah. market and in the draft. If, if I could jump in here too before you before yeah. you go, Kyle is, and I, I want to hear you on Samuel also. Isn't Shark though? I know this was him early in his career. He was also that vertical speed threat on top of the big body. Is that still true? You think of him? Yeah, I think he can still run, and, and that's kind of what I thought of, of Gabe was a big body guy who can still play vertically down the field with good ball skills, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I do think Chark has maybe a little bit more explosiveness vertically in his game, but if you're looking for a diverse route tree, then I do think one of these shifty guys is probably the way to go. I like uh, Mooney a little bit more than Samuel, just because Samuel had some scheme touches. He had his mm-hmm. big breakout in year three in that big contract that he signed in Washington with, with Eric the Enemy coming over, and some of that was facilitated by how they moved him around and had manufactured targets in the midst of they have these two uh, big-time wide receivers in Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson as the outside guys, and the production wasn't great for either one versus their their standards or their hopes for them, but Samuel was kind of the chess piece that moved around. So if you want to accommodate a player like that, I think that's the appeal for someone like Curtis Samuel is we're going to put him on the backfield, and, and we're going to get him matched up, guaranteed on a linebacker on a choice route out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, do you want to have that overlap with James Cook? I don't know, uh, but I think Mooney's a better – all-around player where if you're looking for somebody who can be in the slot or be outside, I think Mooney's a better option, whereas Samuel, I I think he's really attractive for the ways that you can select and create mismatches for him with his versatility that I don't think I've really seen on Mooney's tape. Yeah, I think everyone seems to be pretty much in lockstep that like the Bills might only be one piece away on offense from last year to this year replacing Davis. And that's down the field. Sal mentioned explosiveness. You mentioned Chark as an idea for that. And you also mentioned Shakir. Like he really mm-hmm. were you always a Shakir stan? I feel like there's a there's a there's a group of Shakir stands that all along were this guy went way too low and there's more here than you might think. And then Kyle, he got on the field and like is it fair for us to be treating this offseason going into next year like, oh no, he's just the slot receiver and that's all there is to it? I, I think there's maybe a little bit more upside there, but you, it's such a dangerous game to play to just put all your eggs in that basket and not have some kind of a hedge. And that's why I think it's good to look for alternatives that are economically friendly, probably a one-year deal, have somebody that's going to be motivated who you think can at least push it and then let the competition sort itself out. You know, Shakir, I, I was never on like the – Stan Wagon, 
for Khalil Shakir, but I did think he was uh, an early day three fringe top 100 type of talent that I believe fell to the fifth round. And I think some of that is just a matter of, well, he's a shifty, smaller slot receiver. That skill set's not particularly difficult to find on an annual basis, so the demand isn't there for this to be a premier pick in the draft. But you get him on the field, and lo and behold, the, the dude can play. It's not a surprise if you watch him at Boise State. So um, I would just not pigeon my, myself, pigeonhole myself and say, he's going to be the inside-outside guy, the wide receiver too. Let's not ask any questions about it and just move on to the next hole on the roster. I would want to have some competition there at the very least with somebody that has a little bit more of a resume on the perimeter because I think that's where you get stuck. You look at Buffalo and their, their construction, obviously Steph Diggs, uh, the two tight ends. You've got James Cook out of the backfield. Now you have Shakir. What do you want to be? Do you want to be a 12-personnel team? Do you want to be an 11-personnel team? What kind of body type can you find that creates that ambiguity as best as you can? Is Dawson or is, is Dalton Kincaid enough ambiguity with him being a flex-type player that can play big slot and, and you could put him on the backside on, on the perimeter and run a, a multi-route combos on the front side and just have him ISOed potentially on a safety if you're going to get man coverage on the backside? Those are the kinds of questions that, that when I think about their construction and who's the right kind of piece to bring in, I would want to have a definitive answer on before I definitively said, yeah, go get this type of guy or that type of guy. You, you could be hosting this show every day. We talk about the same thing, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, like what you're doing, what's your identity? I mean, it was just such a concentration on 12 personnel. They get Kincaid, and then they were actually better at only going 11 personnel last year right. when they did it, and he's such a, a fabulous player. So no doubt about that. I want you to hear something. This is um, – here we go. Josh, play it. I want Kyle to hear this. Go ahead. Oh, the train horn. Okay, Kyle. So what we do here is we have a thing called the – the wide receiver train, and that is the train horn for the wide receiver train. And our morning host, host normally Jeremy White, who I'm filling in for today, uh, has coined it. So we are all pretty much aboard the wide receiver train in the draft. And uh, I know it might become, it might be free agents, but looking at the draft, let's take a look there. After what I just said about explosive players, I think that's where they'll target the wide receiver group in the draft. Who can we eliminate then? Like who's not the guy that fits? Okay, really good. He's going to maybe have a good NFL career, but he's not what the Bills are looking for if they're looking for an explosive player in the draft out of the top guys. Yeah, I I think this is there's guys that have explosive qualities and they they create explosive plays, but I'm concerned about the sustainability of how their explosive plays are created and if that's going to carry over. I think a guy who is going to have carryover is a guy mm-hmm. like uh, the LSU wide receiver, Brian Thomas. I, I think he's somebody who works in the slot, works outside, big high weight speed guy, great ball skills down the field. But because he's inside outside guy and, he, and he's worked some quick hitting routes as well, you see a little bit more than just, okay, run on the vertical plane, extended play, or go up and make a catch. I'm a little bit more concerned about a guy like Keon Coleman out of Florida State who is a high weight speed type guy, but the route tree I thought for him was, was more raw and the explosive plays that he creates is contested catches or going up on extended plays over the middle of the field out of a scramble drill. So a little bit more like what you had with Gabe Davis, I, I guess, but I think for Buffalo, they should aspire to have a more dynamic player and a player that can beat you in more ways. And I know Gabe's had some good production, but that passing offense really facilitated some of that. So 
I think that's kind of the line in the sand that I that I draw is I wouldn't want a height weight speed guy like Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina who has a lot of manufactured touchers, had a big time glow up this year from a production standpoint with Spencer Rattler, but doesn't really run a lot of routes at a high level. So I'm looking for route runners just as much as I'm looking for the the guys who have the the physical component of explosiveness to their game. Do you agree with the sentiment that the class is as deep as you've ever seen a receiver class and even the Bills picking as late as 28? Or even, like, it's not just them. I know the Chiefs at 32, I think everyone will probably be mocking them a receiver, at least, you know, most, I would bet, um, that there'll be guys available late first round that will suffice? Yeah, I think there's – this is about the third year running now where you're looking at maybe – 15 top 100 wide receivers that you feel really good about that can step in right away and play. And and all of them don't because of the situations that they're in. But uh, I think you, you have a definitive top three with Harrison, Neighbors, and Adunze. And, and then you kind of get into uh, the, the tier two, which I think is in the conversation for teams like Buffalo and Kansas City. And that's Brian Thomas. Uh, I think Troy Franklin from Oregon. Six three body that, that's probably going to run four four and wins down the field is another type of that player. He's not as dense as some of the other guys that we've talked about. Um, I think Lad McConkey is a, a little bit of a different body type, but if he's he, he's bigger than Shakir, and he might be the best route runner in the class, so I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks into the top forty. So there's quality here because there's quality of the spots. You're expecting the number of quarterbacks to go early. An incredible offensive line class, particularly at offensive tackle. Every team needs offensive tackles to some degree. Um, so I expect that offensive line density is going to allow probably this tier two of wide receivers to maybe get down into a run that starts at some point in the 20s. Joe, you got anything more on draft? We can move into the Dolphins. I, uh, yeah, I've got a question time. or two on the Dolphins, but yeah, I'm good on the draft. So if you, you go ahead. All right, yeah, uh, no, that's one more, on, and then Joe, you can talk about the Dolphins. Ask Kyle that because um, the other issue, the other area Bills fans are looking at is if they don't get Daquan Jones back in free agency, what can they get maybe at defensive tackle, interior defensive tackle? Some even think maybe first round. Bills run a penetrating type system, as you know. You know, you want a guy that um, you know Ed Oliver is kind of a perfect fit, but you need someone next to him. What would you be looking at at twenty eight? I think Johnny Newton from Illinois is a really intriguing name. You wish maybe with Ed Oliver is the other name in there. He's a little bit more of a big body player. He's about 6'2", 295, 300, somewhere in that ballpark. But he's yep. the best penetrator in the class for my money. And he's uh, had a foot procedure this offseason that's going to prevent him from testing at the combine. So does that result in a little bit more of a slip where you, you don't go top 20 where you, you might otherwise um, – I think Chris Jenkins from Michigan is another not overly big player, but I think there's more for for him to tap into with his game as far as being a disruption-type player. And I know that's one of the things that kind of happened with Daquan when he got to Buffalo was I've been in all these control death control defenses most of my career, and and now I get a chance to be disruptive and go make plays. And it's like, oh, this guy can do that and do it at a really high level. And and I think Chris Jenkins from Michigan has the opportunity to have that kind of glow up as well. Uh, as far as projecting to the next level. And, and then I think there's a couple of Clemson defensive tackles. Tyler Davis is one. Rook, oh man, I, I want to get his name, last name right, or Hororo. Mm-hmm. Rook or Hororo, and I believe we were number 33 at Clemson. Uh, those guys 
are really, really nice day two options for penetration type defensive tackles. They're not the best consistently anchoring the point of attack. They're lean body guys. But if you're looking for penetration, there, there's some options that I think could probably be there for you on day two if you, you miss out on the first round. A lot better on that last name than I would have done. Just just saying that. <laughs> At Grinding the Tape, you can follow Kyle on Twitter there. He's the host of Locked on NFL Scouting. Check it out with Joe Marino. And also Locked on Dolphins. What is the most interesting thing to you about the Dolphins' offseason? Is it, should, is it the Wilkins? Will he stay or go? Or is that kind of a foregone conclusion? Is it will they pay Tua? Or I'm I'm also I'm kind of right in just bypassing anything I see about Jalen Waddle, right? Yeah, okay. I man, think the fact that the fact that the fan galaxy brain and Mike Tannenbaum galaxy brain got so big that it got up to Jalen Waddle just makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, fourth year wide receiver. He's like top fifteen all time in receiving yards to his first three career seasons. He's been behind Tyree Kill the last two years, and there's we're, oh trade Jalen Waddle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I right. think the, the most interesting thing for Miami this offseason is what their big investment internally is going to be. They've got two expiring contracts on the offensive line, Connor Williams and Robert Hunt. And then they have Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle. Dan Graziano goes on ESPN. Uh, I had been under the impression, based on kind of getting a sense on how far apart Wilkins and the Dolphins were on their offer, that Wilkins was just going to go. And then Dane Graziano goes on ESPN this, this week and reports, you know, the Dolphins are prepared to use the franchise tag for Christian Wilkins. And then it's like, okay, are they, they're just going to put the entire interior offensive line through the shredder and figure out a way to build that thing up. Because Robert Hunt's probably going to be the top paid guard on the open market if he gets there. And Ben Powers, who Robert Hunt's a better player than, in my opinion, got $13 million per year last year. So if you franchise tag Christian Wilkins – you're not bringing that contract back into the fray because you're presumably trying to get a long-term contract done that's going to be $20-plus million per season. Connor Williams wants to be one of the top five paid centers in football. That's the stratosphere of $11, $12 million. When he's healthy, I think he is worth that amount. But you, you just have made other commitments at other spots for who your cornerstone players are going to be that makes the math impossible for, for I think it's either Wilkins or it's take your pick of who you want to acquiesce to the contract asks for on the offensive line. And right now it sounds like it's going to be the offensive line uh, that, that they, they build, uh, build back up from the ground up on the inside. Their tackles are kind of locked in, but uh, that left guard through right guard is kind of a blank slate right now for them. And then quickly, before we let you go, do you think they'll pay Tua this offseason? Yeah, I think they will. Okay. Um, there, there seems to be motivation from both sides. Uh, to get a contract done. I know for this regime, uh, it would benefit them to not have the $23 million fifth-year option uh, salary cap hit on the books. You can get a contract extension done. I think where they're going to have to sort that out is where does the base or the annual average fall? How much of it is guaranteed money? Is there any um, interest in or willingness to put incentivized money in there as far as some of the questions with to include? player availability, right? So I, I think all of those things are, are what they're trying to work through. But from everything that I've heard, uh, there seems to be an appetite on both sides for something to get locked in so that they're not potentially paying Wilkins on the tag and two of the fifth-year option price mm-hmm. while they're so tight against the cap in the same year. 
All right, we'll see what happens. Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins, locked on NFL scouting. Thanks, Kyle. I'm sure, uh, no offense, most Bills fans will probably pick you up on NFL scouting more so than Dolphins. Yeah, I I get it. No worries. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Thanks, guys. One of our favorites, Kyle Krabs on the Wester Hotline, thinks they'll pay Tua. All right, we'll see. See what that Did you like. see, you've obviously seen the news we've been talking about all morning, Sean McDermott on the competition committee. Yes, I had that written down to get to with you. We'll uh, throw that around when we come back a little bit. And also, you know, some takeaways from what we just heard from Kyle and receiver and some of those cheaper free agent options. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of them, so a lot to get to. Jody Biasi, Sal Capaccio, your phone calls at 803-0550. Brian Koziel coming up at 9 o'clock. Charlie Woods. Another step in his career, the son of Tiger Woods, and also we'll get to some sabers, I'm sure, with Brian as well. All coming up, Jody Biasi, Sal Capaccio here on WGR. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. There's guys that have explosive qualities and they they create explosive plays, but I'm concerned about the sustainability of how their explosive plays are created and if that's going to carry over. I think a guy who is going to have carryover, Brian Thomas. I I think he's somebody who works in the slot, works outside, big height, weight, speed guy, great ball skills down the field, but because he's inside-outside guy and, and he's worked some quick hitting routes as well, you see a little bit more than just, okay, run on the vertical plane, extended play, or go up and make a catch. Kyle Krabs, if you missed him in the last segment, find that on demand, WGR550.com. Rewind function on the Odyssey app as well. He liked uh, DJ Chark for the Bills, and I did some Googling and found that while, like, I, I don't know what you'd be getting from a player like that. He'd be cheap, which I guess is, you know, the appeal there. Chark ran, because he's a big body. Like, you might think of him more as that. He ran a 4 3 4 40 time, but I don't know how fast he still is because he's had a ton of injuries. And I don't know how much that's caught up with him. Like, he. So ESPN mm-hmm. does like their open score analytics stuff um, each year for receivers, and he had a 29 out of 100 for open score. Like he last year was more contested catch guy. So I don't know if he if he still has the speed he once did, then maybe you think he's can be explosive. But I wonder if the injuries have caught up to him. Can, can I ask like what what would the, be the difference between paying him or 
Gabe Davis? <laughs> You're I, not gonna pay him as much, but I mean, like, what what are you doing? Yeah, I would expect it to be like almost vet minimum. Well, I guess I guess Spot Track has him at ten. I was oh thinking, yeah, you're not getting that no minimum, chance. DJ Chark. Man, I don't know though. Like he he doesn't put up a lot of numbers. Like I was thinking like a million or two million or three million. Like I I was thinking bargain bin for him. I mean he had five. Maybe bargain bin. What is bargain bin though? It doesn't have to be vet minimum. You're yeah. right. He's gonna he's not gonna get as much as Gabe. My point is, yeah. does he do anything for you much more than Gabe did? You know what I mean? No, he would be right. Like I I'm looking for what what I like in whatever they do at, at receiver that isn't the draft. Is I, I used this term with Josh Reed yesterday when he was on with us. The insurance policy, like mm-hmm. who's my guy? I can get for like to me the right dollar might be like five million. Can I get a guy for under five million dollars? That's just gonna be my break class, break glass in case of emergency. Which is, uh oh, the rookie is not who we thought he was, or the rookie needs you know is going through some growing pains. He might need a couple of games to get his feet wet, or just I need I need depth. Right, I need depth at an important position. I need to replace maybe Trent Sherfield, or if they get rid of Deontay Hardy, I'm going to need another body. Um, I like a veteran that is just not going to cost much, but is still, you know, someone that plays in the league. That 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 to me is Chark. Chark, like I like Davis. If Davis, if I can get Davis for five million bucks, I'd rather have him than DJ Chark, because again, Chark can't stay healthy. That's where I'm at. Do you believe? The Bills would love to have Gabe Davis back. I mean, obviously not at the rate in which he's going to cost, right? I'm just saying, like in a yep. in a general sense, would they like to have him on their roster? Would they love to be able to work something out if it worked for both parties? I think they'd like to have him back. I I think it where I think there could be a gap is what they would see his role being. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that is still, that is still my, what I get tripped up on yeah. is if they truly want to get more explosive, if they want to take more attention away from Stefan Diggs and all the bracketing and all the double teams that he saw last year, and maybe he's not the premier top five receiver in football anymore that's able to overcome that as easily as he once was. And I might want to think they act on that more so than they act on how much they love Gabe Davis. I don't doubt that they love Gabe Davis, but I think I want to trust that Bean knows that what they're getting from Davis isn't, it's not enough. They can be better at that position. So that that where I land is they'd like to have him back, but they will not... They will not commit to him just being the outright number two receiver, 95% of the snaps, and that's it. Like, I think they want to be better there. No? I agree with that. I, I I can't go as far as, like, I just think they want to separate and feel that, well, we just need to move on. I, I, I think they do. They There's a lot of intrinsic love for Gabe Davis for what he does, and they think, you know, they've seen a lot of really nice plays, but there's been inconsistencies, of course. I, I think what's happening here is I'm realizing that I feel more that they like him mm-hmm. more than a lot of other people seem to. And I could be wrong. Like, I thought 
And I and I think and I do think the Bills would love to kind of work something out if they could, but it would have to be at a you know much lower rate. I mean, if Gabe Davis came to the Bills right now and said, "Let's just throw something wildly hypothetical," it's not going to happen. Here's my point: if he said, "Yeah, I'll come back on three million a year," you don't think Brandon Bean says, "Of course, we would definitely do that." Yeah, no, I, I think you, I think that for sure. Yes. Okay, um, so it is. It, so, so, so to me, like that's where I'm coming from, which is they'd love to have him on the roster. They just know that they they're not going to be able to pay him or. Their value they yep. have on him is not going to match the value he has on himself. Yep. But I, what I would wonder is, are they okay being... Because what I would... It would be more of a worry for me and I think for fans. I think what Davis could imply if they were to re-sign him, especially with it coming before the draft, would be this worry from fans that, oh no, they're gonna, they think they could be the exact same at receiver next year. Like, that's what would scare mm-hmm. me, is mm-hmm. they bring Davis back and don't feel as much pressure, don't feel, you know, that they need to draft a receiver in the same way, and therefore it increases the chances that they walk into next season the same at that position that they were this year. And that would terrify me, which is, well, I'm, I'm rooting against them paying Davis. I would love, in a perfect scenario, I've said this, like, the, my favorite version of the Bills was when Davis was a part of the receiving core. But they mm-hmm. had Sanders or they had John Brown next to him, and they had that four-man group that had yeah. a little bit of everything, a little bit of every skill set to it. And since Davis has taken over as the number two, they haven't had that. If I can get back to, I got that four-man group, and Davis is still playing, and still playing a lot and getting targets, but he's not on the field every snap, He's not just the clear-cut number two, then I, I would be okay with that if I can get back to that place. But, man, I would really have doubts that they, that they would be willing to do that if they bring Davis back. Does that make sense? 100%. And one of those guys would be Cole Beasley, obviously, in that four-man group. Right. right? So you're, you're talking about a really elite slot guy um, doing a lot of things that, this team wanted to get back to doing in some way, and that's why they drafted Dalton Kincaid, sort of, right? And Khalil Shakir has really done a nice job mm-hmm. to step up. So I think they're figuring out that spot on the field. I don't even call it slot receiver because it can be Dalton Kincaid as well. Um, as you know, Joe, we've you know talked about the state of the position series and wide receivers and running backs. I just posted tight ends last night, too. So I have tight ends. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is I go and do the tight ends, WGR550.com. It's completely the opposite of wide receiver. Now, you may think that Dawson Knox is overpaid. I totally understand that. But he's not going anywhere. It just costs the team way too much money mm-hmm. to do that. But what I mean by it, the opposite, they have no questions at tight end. Like, they're completely set there. They have Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. Quentin Morris is a nice role player. He's an exclusive rights-free agent. So mm-hmm. just got to give him a vet minimum deal, basically. But they have that set. So, you know, you don't have to worry about which kind of guy is going to be there, whatever. The, the two pass-catching positions completely the opposite right now and I do expect Dalton Kincaid still to fill more of that void even of what you're talking about the four men on the field because of what we saw towards the end of the year and if you look and I put the numbers in when Dawson Knox returned from his injury he only outsnapped Dalton Kincaid in one game and I think Dalton had to leave that game early with a potential injury that was uh, that was it otherwise it mm-hmm. was the Dalton Kincaid show yeah yeah and I saw you writing about this so like really the questions at tight end are more about what like what the next step is for Kincaid? Like how much he can grow, and that will impact Knox's role, um, right? And that that matters to the slot position too. Like I mentioned, a four man group that they had in like 2020, they had Knox, 
they didn't have a Kincaid. They still have Knox. Like Kincaid is just kind of added in to that equation already. And I, you know, I really wonder like what his ceiling is because he's, you know, he's a little older. He's 24 years old, but he was a rookie and he had a slow start and he still managed to have 91 targets and you know, just under 700 yards was like one of the best 10 rookie tight end seasons ever just in terms of yardage. Um, or it was reception. 73 was where he was top 10. But either way, he was a he got going there. And if there's a star tight end in there, which, you know, I'm in I'm looking around at some of these uh these dynasty fantasy rankings, you know, in the next couple of months, and he's like top three, top four. Like he's being drafted like in fantasy, or he's going to be this this offseason, like people expect him to be one of the best tight ends in football. And Man, if they get that this year, like I don't, I guess I don't even know what that will look like. Like Knox, I guess would play less, but we kind of have to re. Don't we have to kind of redo everything in our minds of like what you need at slot and what Shakir's targets need to be and what you know Diggs' targets need to be because we haven't seen a Josh Allen offense with like a, a star tight end in it. That's right. Well, I mean, hey. Star tight end. I mean, can we? I you know what's funny to me, Joe. Real quick, I know we got to hit a break. Yep. When I did the when I did it, I called his season last year historic. Is that right? Yeah. By by receptions, it was a historic rookie tight end season. Yes, it was. He had the he broke the Bills rookie receiving record. Yep. For any position, breaking Sammy Watkins, he broke the Bills tight end record for any year, breaking Pete Metzelaar's, and he was fourth in the NFL ever. With rookie tight end receptions, he's he's going to be the best Bills tight end ever. Yep, like I, we all feel pretty confident in that. Like he's going to be the best Bills tight end ever. I think not that the bar is like extremely high. I agree that. with that. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number. Did not get to Sean McDermott in the competition committee. We'll do that when we come back. Brian Koziel coming up at nine o'clock. It's Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy off today. This is WGR. It's a Friday. It's also... Whose birthday, Josh? Brad Whitford, guitarist of Aerosmith. Aerosmith. 71. Sal, you're an Aerosmith guy? I am. I am an Aerosmith guy. I'm not like hardcore Aerosmith. I really like them, though. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, but they were a band well before even... I remember them growing up, right? Because they started in the seventies, mm-hmm. I think maybe even sixties, but seventies. And um, but you know, then the they were still rock and roll in the late eighties, nineties, obviously even early two thousands. And I think they're still know, going. Yeah, they're still. Yeah, they are still going. They're still That's touring right. somewhere. Amazing. They're still touring. Oh my somewhere. gosh. Uh, so in fact, actually, were they not here recently, That's or right. were actually so. upcoming? Someone will someone will tweet that at me. So Sean McDermott is on the competition committee, Sal. Yeah, so the commissioner, I guess from what I've read, the commissioner selects the competition committee. And I don't think there's a set number all the time, but there's eight right now. He's one of eight. Uh, Sean McVay and Sean McDermott both were named to the competition committee yesterday. Um, So they joined a whole bunch of people who've been on it. Mike Tomlin's been on it for a while. And I don't know, are they replacing, like, was Bill Belichick on it, I think? So now that he's not a head coach and he's not in an executive position... He's not on mm-hmm. it anymore, right? So I think that's how it works. You have to be someone like that who's actually involved with a team um, in some capacity because everybody on it's really involved with the team. And now he's on the competition committee, so he'll be on the, the, 
the committee that really kind of gathers the data on different rules, technology, instant replay, injury, and you kind of discuss those rules and then you bring it to the next step, which might be rules proposals at owners meetings and then, you know, league wide stuff. So he's on that committee now. Which uh, does that mean we can't make the joke about Don Shula anymore? That Don Shula was on the competition committee. <laughs> well, we can only not make the joke if Sean McDermott and the Bills start getting a lot of calls go their way, the way Don Shula did. Right. Which, the by the way, committee. actually, maybe yes. you still can because I saw the list of who's on the competition committee, and Chris Greer, the Dolphins GM, is one that is on the uh, on the competition committee. There you go. Well, I do. I it did trigger in my mind though. Is there an advantage to a head coach in some capacity down the rabbit hole being on the competition committee? And I think there can be. Or even an executive. There might be rules that like they have to digest all these different things. There may be a loophole in a rule that maybe another coach doesn't really know, but because you're on the competition committee and mm-hmm. it's been brought up, maybe you know and something happens in a game where you take advantage of it. Hmm. That's a that's a good uh that's a good point. So it's it can only be seen as an advantage, I think. I think. It, I if, think so, yeah. Yeah. Although I will say not I don't I don't think this has to be misconstrued as a bad thing, but Sean McDermott's got a lot of hats these days, right? He's mm, he's the head yeah, coach. Right. He's the you know defensive coordinator. Again, we'll see what play calling looks like there. But he was last year. Now he's on the competition committee, so he's got a lot of stuff going on. Eight hundred three zero five fifty is the phone number. It is one. It's the one year anniversary of. I would say a smaller anniversary than what you had yesterday. You had the miracle on ice. You had the brawl. Mm-hmm. You had Pagula taking over the team. But it is a notable one-year anniversary. Sal was there. And we'll tell you what that is when we come back with Brian Cozio. We'll talk some Sabres with Brian, but, of course, some golf, too. Charlie Woods is uh, taking a step, Tiger's son, in his golf career. All that coming up here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.